Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review and put it up here, uh, put it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, it's a good job there's no schedule because sometimes there's been weeks, like three or four weeks between an episode and now there's been like three or four days depending on when I get around to uploading this and that is of course because I am traveling again. I am without Juliana. Juliana is back home, she's been... Uh, I was going to say she's working. She's actually taken a few days off because it's been her birthday. It was her birthday two days ago. Um, so uh, happy birthday to Juliana, if she's listening to this before I get home. Um, I did say happy birthday to her yesterday uh, uh, or two days ago, whenever it was, when I was last on the internet. So don't you worry about it. Um, anyway, today I'm going to review a book, which is quite a short book, and I only started it a while ago. The main reason I started it was because the uh, audiobook that I tried to download didn't fully download, and then there was only one audiobook left in my audiobook app from uh, audible.com from the free library I downloaded it ages ago, like months ago, maybe a year, well, not, maybe not a year ago, but probably six months ago, um, when Juliana and I decided to uh, do a like a mini marathon of the uh, Planet of the Apes movie, the more recent, uh, you know, the dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the rise of the Planet of the Apes and war of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, it's a new trilogy and we got about one and a half movies into that <laughs> and uh, and we stopped one evening and then we just never got around to watching the rest of the second movie. Not that we weren't enjoying it, just that like it was, I don't know, tonally different from the first one of those trilogies, that reboot trilogy as it's called. And because uh, the first one is sort of like, yeah, quirky stuff and ape, you know, learning how to talk and being intelligent. And then, you know, a pandemic wiping out the world, mm, a bit pandemic wiping out the world related. Oh, well, not the world, actually, of course, the humans uh, wiping out the humans there. And uh, and but anyway, it was, it was a fun, quirky kind of movie with some good ape acting and some fun characters. Um, and then the second one was all grim and warlike and they're like oh now the humans and the apes are at war or the apes are at war with other apes and the humans are maybe at war with the, the i can't remember. anyway don't remember much about it anyway at that time i was like hey we should do we should do more planet of the apes kind of stuff we should watch the uh, we should watch the original movie and maybe some of the not just the original movie but like some of the you know there's a whole series of five movies four or five movies i don't know and then there was the the remake made by tim burton with mark Wahlberg in it and i was like hey maybe we can do a whole planet of the apes kind of thing and then after like i say literally a movie and a half we we kind of that fizzled out but i still had planet of the apes the original novel sitting right there in my audiobook uh, player let me head over now to uh, uh, the Wikipedia page that I downloaded the other day. Oh, I, I still have open anyway. Uh, so this is uh, La Planète des Singes, uh, probably not pronounced that way, known in English as The Planet of the Apes or Planet of the Apes and in, in the US uh, and Monkey Planet in the UK. That was its original title, Monkey Planet. Um, it's a 1963 science fiction novel by French author Pierre Buell. Pierre Boulle, um, and it says here it was adapted into the 1968 film Planet of the Apes, launching the Planet of the Apes media franchise. And uh, yeah, I've never read this book before. Again, I know I, I've never watched that reboot movie by Tim Burton from 2000 and whenever. Um, but I have watched the uh, the original movie adaptation from 1968. Don't think I've watched any more of those movies, although I think I remember seeing a TV show at some point, but it's been literally decades since I've seen Planet of the Apes. I must have been like maybe 15 when I watched it. So let's say a good 25 years at least since I watched Planet of the Apes. So it's kind of a very vague memories 
uh, about watching it. So I did actually just look at the Wikipedia page about Planet of the Apes, the movie as well, just to make sure that I was remembering it correctly. And it was, and I was remembering it correctly. But either way, I'm not gonna, I'm trying, I'm gonna try not to compare this m- novel to the movie so much because I do think they're kind of very different things with different ideas and different. Well, to be honest, the, the stories are actually quite similar in some ways, but. Um, I, I did remember when I was reading this book, I was like, oh, there's a lot more, there's a lot more, um, like, advanced technology. Like, the apes are quite advanced. They, you know, they're sending rockets into space and they're flying with jets and uh, and they've got all this kind of, I don't think they've got computer stuff, but it seems to be quite advanced science stuff. And I was like, I don't remember that from the movies. I remember it being kind of more like, a bit more like fantasy style, like maybe like medieval well not even medieval but like i don't know and then i looked at the uh at the planet of the apes wikipedia page and it said um uh it, it says uh schaffner's changes this is some something to do production stuff before the movie came out schaffner's changes included an ape society less advanced and therefore less expensive to depict than the original novel and i was like oh right all of the stuff that was going on there in the mo- in the movie which made it different from the uh you know like instead of the 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 humans being kept in like uh, laboratories and clean stuff they're kept in like bamboo cages i'm like ah okay it's actually just cheaper to build all of that for the for the movies and uh, you know keeping the um, keeping the locations all just down to places in california <laughs> um it was all a it was all a budget saving uh, s- saving project in in terms of story stuff um so anyway went into this book never having read this book not really knowing anything about the author really pierre boule don't know anything about him i know that he's written other novels um and was uh but didn't you know didn't look up any of that before i uh read the read the novel it was only actually afterwards when i read the wikipedia page i was like oh he also wrote bridge over the river cry and other novels which i've heard of and i was like ah, okay. and other things that were made into movies which i guess why this was made into a movie um pretty quickly after it first came out um so uh yeah planet of the apes it's a weird one let me open my notes here let me see what i said yeah so it's a um so it's like there's a framing story where these these two characters are like out sailing in space and then something like really weird happens where and I I quite like the framing story even though it's like completely preposterous but I don't mind that it really reminded me at the start like uh, of you know like a princess of mars and these other barsoom john carter kind of style things cuz a lot of like oh and someone just goes to another planet and it's completely different um then uh, then uh, then you would expect if you just went to a different planet like and that's the thing with these planetary romance science fiction kind of swashbuckling movies where you know what's it sword and swords no not swords and sorcery like lasers and sorcery or swords and swords and lasers all that kind of stuff which was all uh around back then but i thought like 1960s would be past this a bit but i guess it's still that's still a time of flash gordon or whatever but yeah the planetary romance meaning that you can just turn up in a in, on a planet and everything is as similar to earth as you need it to be so in other words if you want to be able to breathe the atmosphere great just breathe the atmosphere uh no need to talk about how society works or logistics in the society you can talk about society but like broad strokes only and then you've also got to there's no reason to explain why humans exist there like like on the princess of mars there's like a, a princess who's human i mean so that's only on mars so you can kind of think oh yeah maybe in the in the past humans have got from mars and there's you know, of course in that book people can just magically get between you know just thinking about something you can get between earth and mars in some way um 
was this to go around Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice is many, many, many light years away, like 50 light years away or whatever. And they just go there, turn up to a planet and they just get down there and it's like, oh, right. And there's monkeys here and there's humans here and there's apes. Well, I say monkeys, there's like, you know, apes and orangutans and gorillas. And I was like, all right, okay, sure, whatever. And it's just not explained. And I was like, oh, right, okay, you don't need to explain it because it's also straight away very satirical. And it suddenly started reading at one point um, less like this, hey, let's go down and, you know, find some naked women swimming around in a pool who are really, really beautiful and just happen to look exactly like humans. In fact, so like humans that later on humans from Earth and humans from Sorrel, which is the name that I think the main character gives it, um, I don't remember what the apes call their own planet. I guess they call it Earth or home planet or whatever. Um, they can even mate between the two different lines of hum- humans. It's not explained how the humans got from Earth to there or how they got back again or why society in uh, in this uh, ape uh, society is almost exactly the same level technologically and um, all this other kind of stuff as human society. But whatever, sure, let's go for it. And it did suddenly feel like, oh, right, now I'm reading much more a Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels kind of thing where you're like, you go somewhere and everyone here is big. Why? Well, this is just the satire we're doing. And now we get this one and everyone's really small. And you're like, why? Well, that's just what we're doing. And, you know, you see this quite a lot throughout science fiction. You're like, go to this place and everyone's a woman and you're the only man there. And you're like, why? Well, that's just the, you know, that's just the adventure that we're having. That's just the satire that we're going for Um in this uh, in this uh, story, one second, quick quick drink. Normally, I'd have a drink when Juliana speaks, but I, it's just me now. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so the themes of this, of course, uh, uh, of of this satire seems to be very much like, oh, imagine experiment on animals, but you are the animal. It's like, oh, imagine keeping animals in cages, but now you, human person, you are the animal. What would it like? And then there's some other satire on like about you know, like different levels of society and like bureaucrats are bad and religion is bad and police are bad, but scientists are good. And, um, you know, there's all kind of like, how much does society keep going because the re- there's reasons to do it? Or how much are we just copying what people have done before? Unthinking copying of, of the systems that are in place. And why aren't we examining what we're doing? Why do we just keep aping the past, as they say in this in this uh, novel so uh, yeah there's so the book which i st- it started off and i thought oh right just a, you know a planet on adventure on a planet you know kind of what i thought the kind of what i remember from the movie but of course the movie is you know is, is from the 1960s it's a work of the 1960s and is doing all kinds of or is trying to do all kinds of stuff uh, i mean you can't even disentangle it now from like the uh, from all of the issues and topics that were bubbling up in the 1960s i guess but again it's been many years literally 25 years since i've seen the movie so i don't remember how much all of that is uh, is foregrounded or how much of it's just sort of like a silly movie silly science fiction movie with um with monkeys and uh, sexy people with their tops off and uh, um yeah and a good twist ending so what we ha- in this movie we get we get these people set off from earth and it's the you know they set off 2500 years um, or the year 2500, let me put it this way, and they've got this new spaceship, and it doesn't matter where they go because, you know, by the time dilation, it's a, time is always going to have passed once you get back to Earth. So that's where they go to Beetlejuice, and there's like three three guys. Um, there is uh, the doctor, um, the uh, sorry, there's the professor, 
who's the main guy who invented the spaceship, the doctor who is like his side, his like disciple, I think it says on the, in the Wikipedia page. And then you get the, uh, the, um, uh, uh, Ulysses Merrow, who is the main, our main guy, our, our main first person narrative. And it's all from a frame story. So I'm like, let me tell you the story of this. And he is a journalist. And this is, I think it was the great way of these novels, you know, like a HG Wells. It's sort of like, mm, and then, uh, you know, the war of the worlds. And I'm, I'm a journalist and I just happen to be in the middle of everything. So I can use my, journalistic storytelling and writing and just make this into a fantastic story in this uh, in this story that's found in a bottle floating through space makes no sense at all but whatever um so they get down to this planet and they meet up with some humans but the humans are all dumb and don't speak and uh, like dumb is in um uh, uh, n- not intelligent and not clever and then the monkeys turn up the apes and gorillas and orangutans turn up but they and they can speak and they're all clever and they're doing this kind of stuff and the, the different people put into some of them are like the humans who arrive there the earth humans let me put it this way some of them are captured along with the other wild humans the feral humans maybe you could say and there some of them are put into cages to be experimented on and some of them are put into cages to be going to a zoo and um and meru uh he meets up with uh, some apes who he tr- has to convince that he is not a dumb human um he can actually speak and you he can do mathematics and he knows astronomy and stuff so he 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 convinces some people some people some ape people some um some chimpanzee the scientist chimpanzees um uh, to to work with him and uses that you know and to go through and uh, you know goes all the way through you probably know the story already uh, there's actually a different twist ending at the end of this book than there was in the movie so i was like oh what's the twist ending it can't be the same because as you're going through you're like oh no it is a different story than the movie and there is a different twist ending which i thought was actually very well done quite delightful and uh, again it's not that you can't see it coming but like the sense of the, the, it less of a, a twist and more of a, a reveal of like, oh, and all this time you thought this, but actually this has been going on in the background. And now our main character finds out about it. And there's this great sense of dread as he finds out about it. And you suspected it. And it's like, oh, no, that's really the truth. So less of a twist ending of the, in the novel than the movie, again, from what I remember from 25 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's all... Um, that's all it was again it started off like i said it started off planetary romance became a kind of like satire and then as it pushed through to the end i actually think it picked up it, it, it picked up and became like a quite a fun science fiction kind of adventure of you know of revealing this and revealing that you know there's actually it's it feels like a book in three parts and i think it even is in three parts you know like there's the first bit get there do all the kind of adventure stuff middle bit which is the more like learn about the ape society and have a bit more satire and stuff in the middle and talk about morals and uh, and, and and racism and sexism. In fact, the book is pretty... I don't know. Is it racist or is it talking about racism? It's one of those books like... It's from the 1960s. Not quite sure how sexist and racist it actually is trying to be on the face of it. Or it is, but it's got that like almost insufferable, hey, I'm the main character and I'm the main character of my story and I'm male and I'm good looking and I'm white and I am, I am the good person here and of course this is happening. I really enjoy the relationships of, um, between Mero, um, who's our main human character, and the two main chimpanzee characters, Zira and Cornelius, which is actually quite fun. Um, 
then uh, then there's this one part at the end which is I thought was a complete and utter failure quite near the end suddenly to do some good well not to do some good to do some very brisk and very abrupt um, exposition near the end to go oh and actually in the past this happened this suddenly like out of nowhere it's sort of like oh and now we can we can there's this species memory and like these memories have been passed on down through the species and now here are those memories and this this modern human suddenly starts talking and I'm like wow that is like it suddenly pops up in the plot that that's suddenly possible and it's never nothing like that's ever been possible and i was like couldn't that have been done like that story that bit of storytelling could have been done a lot better by revealing it like and maybe in some diary entries that were found in an archaeological dig or something like that and it's a real like misstep from otherwise the book bit like holding together mostly well like mostly good and in a mostly fun kind of stuff but it's over pretty quick and it clunks past and then the the end of the book kind of picks up a bit and you know, kind of speed through it and then you get back to the end of the uh, the like the frame story again you're like well that frame story we knew all of that we knew what the big twist there was going to be that was like but again maybe people were reading this for the first time in 1963 uh, as i said at the beginning uh maybe in 1963 and you haven't i like i i grew up in a world where planet of the apes already existed you know i grew up in a world where in in the in these um reboot movies the like dawn of the planet of the apes and rise of the planet of the apes and War of the, like there's references in that to the movie planet of the apes from 1968 which you kind of just pick up on without even needing to have seen it you like the quotes are there like the some of the moments are there and like in the background of that is like referencing oh there's somebody taking off in a spaceship and going into outer space and you're like oh right that's the that's those are the characters from the 1968 movie heading off to do the planet of the apes and you're like all right and then when they get back here to earth they'd have had this adventure and come back so um so yeah it's uh it, it can uh it, it 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 like the movies work because everybody has lived in a world where planet of the apes has always always existed from 1963 or 1968 onwards and that's the world that i've grown up in it's now reading the novel having grown up in a in a in a society where planet of the apes is such a an obvious reference to make you know um it's you know the, the, the apes from this you know like how many how many planet of the apes references are there in the simpsons probably like uncountable numbers of planet of the apes references in the simpsons i'm i'm sure um in fact maybe if i go to the wikipedia page let me have a look legacy in popular culture it's probably even here uh Oh no! It just says, nah, There's just loads. There's just loads of uh, uh, comics. Oh, there was a there was a TV show, Planet of the Apes: Return to the Planet of the Apes, animated. There was an animated TV show in 1975. Maybe that's what I remember. I don't even know. Um, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't mention how many times it's referenced in The Simpsons. But uh, but yeah, probably many many times. Right then, what else do I have to say about this book? I don't think I've got anything else to say about the book. It's just, I know it's a fun book. Like I say, three parts. Some fun planetary adventure stuff, some a, a satire section, and then kind of like a, a twisty-turny plotted section um, with some intrigue and twists and reveals and some fun science fiction-y stuff at the end there. And uh, I don't know. I didn't know. What, I really didn't know what to expect as I went into this. But again, I totally understand how somebody would read this book and go, "Ah, oh, 
that would make a really fun movie. There is some fun stuff here. And I guess in the 1960s, the, the prosthetic makeups managed to catch up just enough to be able to do it without it looking. I mean, now it looks completely bonkers, um, but at least you can, you can have a, a fun movie. And again, I guess as soon as the CGI stuff got up to a good enough level where Andy Serkis could do some motion capturing and some good animators could do some fun face animations on some um, apes, we could have Caesar and the guys um, from the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, no, Dawn of the Planet, whichever one it is, the, the, the first one. In fact, I can actually, like I just say, I've got the Wikipedia page open here. Yes, um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes it was the first of the reboots, um, and then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was the second one, which we watched the first half of, and then War for the Planet of the Apes was 2017. And I will get around to watching those again at some point, maybe, probably, probably some point. Um, and, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll even do a podcast, the book versus the movies, where we where we talk about a few more of these. But who knows? All right, I think that's all I've got to say about this. Normally, I rate a book. What am I going to rate it? I think I'm going to rate it three and a half stars because it's certainly not a great book, but it's better than just a good book. I think it's in a fun book. I think it's actually really. I had fun. Again, it was a bit slow to begin with, and I was like, ah, it feels a little bit dated. Um, even for a book from the 1960s, it feels a bit dated, but then I realize, oh, he's actually doing uh, his own version of, you know, of uh, a princess of Mars, a princess of Mars and Gulliver's travels. You know, it's, it's, it's almost specifically written to be dated that way. Sort of like, I am a journalist and I am going on this adventure to a crazy world. And here I am. And now this crazy adventure is happening here. And I'm like, okay, that's where it feels dated even from the 1960s. So three and a half stars. Um, worth reading and I would recommend uh, even if don't don't go into it expecting too much but it's worth reading all right what else do I normally do here uh, oh, uh, I was gonna say I, I normally go over to Goodreads but I don't I didn't leave that page open on my laptop while I was connected to the internet so I can't look at what other people think about this book on Goodreads but what you should do is become my friend on goodreads.com and then I can see what you think of books like this um, also, uh, check out the SFBRP listener group on goodreads.com, um, which uh, where you can, there's a thread there called books I would like to see reviewed, and that's the best way to get a book reviewed by me. Or you can check out, uh, you know, episode feedback if you want to give feedback. Email me, luke at juggler.net. Thank you very much for the people who emailed me and left me messages about the, the last episode that I just did um, by myself. Some people like my Station 11 talk. Um, discussion which is uh, thanks for those emails um, and finally if you'd like to uh, support us and all of our projects that we do all our media projects juggling projects science fiction book review podcast projects and others go and check out um, patreon.com forward slash Luke Bowage you can get exclusive content there and your name mentioned in the credits of various different things our videos the juggling videos that I put out podcasts and other things like that so I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters uh, you've been a massive help over the last two years uh, especially when I haven't been working regularly. Hopefully now that I'm at sea, I'm working on the Queen Mary 2 again. Maybe this will be uh, the start of more regular work this year on cruise ships. I certainly hope so, because this is the job. This is my chosen profession. I'm doing another, did my main show the other day when I got on the ship. I'm doing another show or two shows tomorrow evening, um, which I'm really looking forward to, doing some material that I've not performed for many years. So that's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully. Anyway. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge there. Also the same on uh, Instagram too, if you want to check that out. Um, 
I'm visiting a new country for tomorrow. Like I did this whole series, international juggler series. And so I'm visiting my, um, or I'm going to be juggling in my 128th and 129th vi uh, uh, country or overseas territory that I've ever juggled in. I'll be sharing the video of that on uh, Instagram uh, tomorrow and the next few days. So check out, see if you can, uh, see if you can check out, or see if you can guess which countries I'm going to be visiting in the next two days. I bet you anything, you won't guess them. Anyway, that's it from me. Thanks a lot for listening and I'll catch you next time.